Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's like you're looking through a telescope. You see where you're going to be. Growing, getting better. You're not the person they see. Can't be mad at the things you've been through. Because they built your love so. Now you're stronger than you've ever been. They can't stop.
<laughs> so, so I can't say that I missed because I was enjoying California. So, Sometimes you got to do that. Yeah, I plan on doing more of that this year, more traveling. I am really stepping out of my box this year, you guys. I'm claiming it, claiming it. I'm owning it. I'm going to get it. I've been qualified, as the song says. So I'm going to get mine. Y'all can wait if y'all want, but I'm going to get mine. I'm going where <laughs> it is. <laughs> so. But anyway, you guys, welcome. Thank you, Rodney, for holding it down. You had an interesting topic last week. I did go back and look um, at it and listen to just a little bit of it, but you had an interesting topic last week. So if you guys missed it or didn't listen to it all, I need to go back and listen to it in its entirety as well. But you had a very interesting topic for sure, doing it from a male perspective. So we might have to come back and do that one with with the ladies. <laughs> So, but anyway, we have um, a great topic, great author and speaker, great woman scheduled for tonight. Uh, I see that you're out there, Anita, so we'll pull you in here shortly. But, Rodney, before we get started, you want to say anything? Got any news for us before we begin? Um, let's see. I don't think so. Not, nothing uh, Nothing new or different. Um has really uh, come up. I'll, I'll be speaking at Virginia State University uh, February 17th. Um, I'm going to do a uh, <coughs> a workshop on um, just getting to know those assumptions, uh, prejudices, and biases uh, within all of us. Um, but that's about it. I don't. I I can't think of anything else going on. That's a great topic. That is a an awesome. When when are you doing it this month? Uh yeah, I'm doing it February the seventeenth. Um, what I what I try to do is um, um, I try to put people in a position where, um, uh, you know, they have to acknowledge their own assumptions and prejudices and biases, um, you know, through just some hands on. Um, engaging activities and, and thought-provoking conversations because um, I really believe that if you try to tell people how they are, they're not as receptive as when they can see how they are. Um, and so um, I try to do that, and I I try to be more of a facilitator than I do um a presenter. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I've had some success with the workshop in the past, uh, but I'm definitely uh, looking forward to it. So that's that's about the only thing I have going on, and that's uh, February 17th, so a week from this Saturday coming up. Okay, okay. I am speaking, um, and for those of you who are in Virginia nearby and can go, I guess, can anybody go, Rodney, or is it just for the students and faculty? No, anyone can go. Um, in fact, it's a it's a conference on um, minority the minority teacher shortage, uh, especially men um, and minority. So, uh, but anyone can register. Um, just go to the Virginia Education Association website, and you can register there. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, you did, you reminded me. I'm, I I promise you, it just seems like just like when I do go and, and speak or whatever. I seriously, you guys, every time, maybe with the exception of once or twice, I forget to record, to take pictures, and, and Brandon will go 
with me, and then he will get so caught up in it, he will forget as well. So that's another thing I have to do better with this year and and telling you. So, Rodney, you reminded me I am actually speaking this Saturday. I don't know how. I, I just don't don't remember, but I'm doing a, a thing on love this Saturday um, at a church that's having an event for couples, for married married people and couples as well. So it'll be kind of brief because I have an, another engagement that, that night, so I'm going to kind of breeze through it. But um, I'll keep you guys updated. I'm, I'm very excited. This is the first time that I've ever um, had the opportunity to speak about love, and it's, it's, it's um, I think it's interesting, the timing of it. So um, I'm excited about, about doing it, and I almost feel like I don't have to prepare because I've been on, I feel that I've been on all sides of the love angle. So here we are. But I'll be doing that Saturday at 5 o'clock. So if anybody is in um, in this area and you want to attend, give me a call because I'm pretty sure I have to have you added to the list at this point in time. But, but hey, let me know, 901-830-6088, or you can hit us up on Facebook as well if you want to hear more about where Rodney is and what he's doing and how you can attend, and the same for me. So Rodney's in Virginia, and I'm here in, in Tennessee in Memphis. Um, so that we can get going in the show, with the show and not keep our special guests waiting any longer, um, we're going to move forward with our, our housekeeping things. Just want to remind everybody, remind myself, let me get this... Um, let me get the chat room opened up here. Rodney, are you in the chat room? Uh, we'll be in about two seconds. Okay, great, great. I'm going to open it up as well. Uh, chat room is open. We'll be there uh, waiting for your comments. You can also feel free to join us by call by phone, and you can call in to listen or comment. Some people really get that confused. They think that if they call the number, that means they're going to be on the air with us. We, we would love for you to, however, you do have to press the number one in order for us to know that you want to, to come in and you have a question or a comment. What we'll do is pull you in, and we will identify your being pulled in by providing the area code and the last four digits of the number that you are calling from. Again, area code and last four digits of the number that you're calling from. Feel free to give us your name, any information you'd like to, um, and if you don't want to do that, you certainly don't have to and then go right into your question or comments for tonight. Um, I think just for the sake of time, we will save the um, our, our trash can baby and all that. We'll save it for another time in the show or towards the end of the show. Uh, what we'll do is go ahead and pull our special guest in. And, and tonight's topic, uh, the struggle is real. Anika Annette is here with us, and she has been here before. She uh, was a guest on the show, I believe it was last year, and her book was He Saw Me. So uh, she's back with her third book, The Struggle is Real, but she has a book that she'll tell you about that came out before The Struggle is Real. So she's been busy, um, and life's been busy for her. So without further ado, we're going to pull Miss Anika in to the show. Anika, can you hear us? I can. Hello. Hi, Sammy. Hi, Rodney. Hi, Anika. How are you? I'm great. How about yourself? Life is good. Life is good. Glad to have you back on with us. Thank you for having me. 
Hey, Anika, this is Tammy, and and like Rodney said, welcome back. We're excited to have you on, and like I said, you've been busy because you have you have two books that you have published since such time, and I'm sure lots to share with us. So what we'll have you do, if you don't mind, just introduce yourself, tell as much as you want to tell to start out, and then Rodney and I will just get into um, the show with questions and comments on, on whatever you, you know, put out there initially, and if not, we have some for you. So okay, welcome back. sounds great. Thank you. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Anika Ellis. And I currently live in Atlanta. The last time I was on the show, I was in South Carolina. I have since moved. Um, I have uh, three books currently out on Amazon. Uh, my first book is He Saw Me, where uh, my husband at the time was, you know, on the line of the suicide. And we spoke about this book. Um, and he kind of and it basically gave a foundation of uh, where we came from, how we got there. Uh, the book's premise was basically about my life and how God brought me through a lot of different challenges that I was going through in my life um, and how he saw me through to the end of that particular season in my life. My second book is called Sometimes Life Has No Chill, and this book is basically a changes emotional for girls. And I wrote this book because teenagers now are dealing with issues that a lot of us, when we were younger, didn't have to deal with. Um, things are getting a lot uh, more challenging for them, so to speak. They're dealing with peer pressure, teen sex, drugs, social media, and uh, they're just having a hard time uh, bullying. And, you know, we hear all the horror stories in the news. And, you know, kids are falling prey to so many vices out in the world. So I kind of wrote this book to open a dialogue between teen girls and their guardian opens to open up, um, like I said, a dialogue and get them to a place where they can be open with their parents. And my third book that I recently uh, published right after the new year uh, is called The Struggle of Zeal. This book was written because after everything that I've been through in my first book, although it's not a sequel, um, it does give a an outlook of after everything I went through, here I am. I'm now single again. I'm to move to a completely different state, um, different challenges in my life, not so much marital challenges, but just challenges of coming up out of divorce and after everything that I've been through, keeping my faith and just allowing God to take me on a different type of journey, uh, this journey that I'm still going on. And it, it has been challenging at some point, but I have peace, and I'm grateful for that. And I just want other women to be able to get to the place where they're happy, whether they're married, whether they're single. If single, enjoy your singleness. Singleness is not a disease, and I want women to know that you don't have to be in a relationship right away just so, you know, just to feel complete. And I just want women to be whole prior to going into a relationship and not entering into a relationship trying to become whole. So that's what I've been up to. Wow. Um, Anika, I'm not sure if I'm having, I know I was hearing, I could hear you okay, but it seems a bit static, staticky, and I've been 
tell I'm being told by one of the listeners it's on it's the same for them. Rodney, I don't know how it was for you. Was it was it static on your end? Uh, a little bit and Tamara you was just saying that it sounded a little low. <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe and I try. Sound perfectly clearly. Really? Okay. Yeah, okay. it don't sound perfectly clear. Is there any it better? sounds better now. I don't know what so so for my listener, um, let us know if that that's a bit better because now it sounds clear. So I don't know why, but we'll keep moving. I don't know what's going on with technology these these last few weeks. But. I move locations, so that could be. <laughs> sometimes you know, that's all just, it takes. You know, I just moved. Mm-hmm. That sometimes that's all it takes. But it sounds. Yes, Rodney, do you have anything before? Um, let's see. Yep, I think she's saying. Checking here, and I think they're saying that they can hear as well. Let's check it because we don't want people to miss. We don't want you to miss anything. Um, right. I hope they can hear it. Okay. She says yes. Um, that everybody sounds clear, so we're good. Thank you for relocating. Awesome. Thank you. So you are so welcome. Um, like I said, when we could hear it, it just sounded a little staticky on this end, but I could hear everything that you were saying. So um, I want to okay. first of all just congratulate you on. Discipline, because I can't imagine, um, well, I guess I can, the discipline that it takes to write your first book and then to come within a year and write, you know, two more. You you seem seem like they came out uh, within a year's time. Is that correct? Because they weren't far behind, seemingly. No, is that I was seemed to be freed up after I moved. <laughs> I got a lot of time, so I was able to sit and write. So uh, I just used my time wisely. I wanted to be constructive. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, well, that, tell us. Go ahead, Rodney. I was going to say that was going to be my question um, as <laughs> to uh, what was your motivation uh, for you know for not writing one but 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 two additional books. Um, and I know sometimes, um, you know, time is one of the reasons why people don't write or don't uh, pursue their dreams. So that was what I was going to ask. Okay, okay. Well, and I think that's well, a great point, too, you guys, motivation and time, because a lot of us, we, ha- we, we have time um, or we can make time, especially for our passion, our dreams. So I think, again, I I, I just... I'm in awe about the discipline because I know it takes a lot to be able to just to utilize your time wisely or constructively, like you said. So again, congrats on that part. But um, go ahead and an- you can go ahead and answer Rodney's question. Well, it was a challenge because when I first moved, um, I wasn't in a great place. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of moved because, you know, going through um, separation and. Um, I don't know about other women, however, and I always try to caution women with this, when you're in your emotions, don't make sudden moves, you know, don't make drastic changes. But I did it anyway. I thought I sat, you know, kind of still for a little while, but I had enough. I felt like I was in a corner, so I needed to come out that corner. And I wasn't in a great place. Um, I, I upped and moved. I didn't have a job. I was coming to... Um, I just got up and I left. I just packed up the truck. I actually drove a U-Haul truck for the first time by myself from South Carolina to Atlanta, and I moved. Um, I found a place, 
And I, I was allowing God to deal with me with some issues, and I can't say that those issues were all my ex-husbands. I had some issues, too, and I had to allow God to deal with those. And I wasn't happy. I was angry. I had a lot of resentment, and, and I was a little rebellious. However, after I got to a place where I said, you know, it's really nothing more than I can do except move forward. So I had to move forward, and I had to find a way to channel my energy because I was looking for employment. I couldn't find a job, so that was bothering me. And, you know, I said, okay, God, what can I do? What what can I do that is constructive, um, you know, in addition to reading my Bible? Um, and to be honest, at that time, you know, I was struggling. I, I really found it hard to read because I was disappointed. And I was disappointed in my outcome because I felt as though at this point, okay, I did all of this. Um, I have this testimony. Now what? This testimony did not end the way I thought it was going to end. So I had to rebuild from that. And I I thought about all the broken places that I had within me, uh, the times when I was younger. And I said, you know, a lot of those things I never opened up and talked. I never really talked to my mom about a lot of the private things that I had going on as a girl. And I said, well, maybe if we catch girls when they're young, we won't have so many broken women. So that was my motivation behind writing my second book. I said, okay, we have to catch these girls because we see these girls, you know, and yes, it's easy to say and say, oh, yeah, these girls are bad. You know, they, you know, bad seeds. What are their parents doing with them? Sometimes parents are doing the best that they can, but children still make their own decisions. And a lot of times, you know, parents are held accountable for the choices that their children make, but sometimes it's really out of their hands. You know, they instill something, but at the end of the day, these children do what they want to do. So I just wanted to find an easy way, a quick way, where it could open up a conversation between you know, hopefully a, a daughter and her mother to talk on subjects that are really difficult. And I think once you start the conversation, it'll flow and it's easier to discuss those things. And then with my third book, I said, okay, I was still having difficulty coming to a place of peace with being divorced and going through the process and, you know, everything else that was falling out of line. I said, you know what, God, I said, you know, you can do good. You could do the best. You could follow your word. You know, you could be an upstanding Christian, whatever that is. But at the end of the day, the struggle is still real because you still have to address daily life. And I had to I had to get it out. I had to do something that was constructive to keep me in a good place with myself, most importantly with God, and it had to be a teaching experience. I had to – I just felt like my life could not be in vain. My testimony had to account for something. It had to contribute. I had to give back. And I had so many strong women, mainly two strong women, that really just had my back and held me up when I really, I mean, it was bad. You know, I was really bad. And I said, you know, okay, now it's time, you know, to stop the sulking, get it together. You know, you're better than this. It's a done deal. You done cried enough. Now it's time to move on. We need to heal. So that's how I got to the place of writing all of these, you know, books in such a short time span, you know. And I'm currently working on my fourth book, you know, and I think it's, it might be a little while before that one comes out because I, I want to do some thorough research on it. 
But um, that's all I got to this place. I hope I answered your question, Rodney. <laughs> Anika, this is Tammy. I have a question. If you had to do, I have two questions. Why did you choose okay. Atlanta? So why did you choose Atlanta? And if you had to do it all over again, knowing what you know now and being on the opposite end of it, would you do the? Would you make the move? Why or why not? Okay, I ended up in Atlanta. The funny thing, <laughs> I tell you, I don't know. You know, I do know. God is just a rock star. Um, I was supposed to come to Atlanta to speak at a conference. And one of the women that um, I was speaking with, um, she found out, you know, I told her what was going on. In the midst of me trying to get prepared for this conference, that's when all of this chaos broke out in my life. And I said, okay. And I mean, like, at the exact moment, just about. And I was coming here anyway to do the conference. So I said, okay. Well, I have no ties in South Carolina. I was only in South Carolina because that's where my husband and his family was at. That was my only reason for being there. So I didn't have anything anchoring me there. So when all of, you know, we had our fallout and things went, you know, a little bad, I said, okay, well, I know these women over here in Atlanta. So, hey, why not? So I just packed up and moved. And would I do it again? I sure would. I In a heartbeat. Because I felt like I was trapped where I was living. It, there was nothing there for me. I was in a small town. I, I, you know, and it was a town where you go to the store and you always see the same people. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's family. Everybody's dating somebody that's there that grew up there. I was not from there, so I didn't need to be there. And I felt stuck, and I felt like this was my opportunity to get out of this place. I almost felt like... You know, I come from Philadelphia. I'm born and raised in Philadelphia. That area, I think that season of my life was just to teach me a little bit more about God, actually to bring me close to God. However, I felt like living there, like I was living, using the term loosely, I was on a little house on a prairie. That's how I felt. (laughs) And it was really hard for me because... There's no public transportation, really, that, you know, and I'm used to a, a large city, and I'm going to this small place, and it was fine while I was married, you know, and we were doing okay. That was fine because my my attention was on my children and my husband, but when that all just went to, to pieces, I was like, okay, why am I staying here? My family's not here. You know, what am I? I'm not going to spend the rest of my life in this place, running back and forth and running into my ex-husband. That's not what I wanted to do. And I didn't want that for him either. So it was easier for me just to up and leave. And I did that. So I would do it again. I sure would. Two and three, four times. I would do it. I would. Anika, Anika, do you think that, um, and I know the obvious answer to what I'm going to ask is is no, but I kind of want you to go um, into it a little deeper. Do you think okay. we will ever have it all together? Or maybe a better question. Yeah, or maybe a better question is um, since we know that, you know, I guess the, the obvious answer is no, when 
when will we know that we that we've reached a point where um, we've moved past um, the things that um, that have happened um, in our lives? When, when, when do you think like we we know that we've moved beyond the past? Well, if you're speaking in reference to healing, I believe that, uh, and we move past those things. I, I believe that we mature, and I think as we grow, our interests change. Like my ex-husband and I, we are two different people from the time that I spoke to you, what, a year and a half ago. And that wasn't mm-hmm. that long ago. I believe that we're continuously, if we want to now, let me make that uh, insertion, if we want to continue to grow, we will do such things. Sometimes we are trapped in the past, and that's the problem. We don't get healing, and we stay stuck, and we stay broken, and we keep playing that same tape over and over and over again. That's what happens with a lot of broken women. The thing is, it's not that they're having a hard time as women, so to speak. They're stuck in a place of their childhood. So if you're broken from a child and you never healed, you're carrying all that with you, as an adult. So you haven't changed. You haven't, you like to think you have changed, but there are some things, you know, that are in us that takes a little bit more time. I don't think we ever arrive. I know that I'll arrive once I see Christ. That's just for me. But I know that it's going to be a constant evolution. I think we're going to constantly evolve. I think we're going to constantly grow. I'm the type of person I like to learn. I like to see different things. So I believe that the things that I learn, the things that I take in, the things that people teach me, I continue to grow. I continue to grow. And I think we can get past certain things. I've gotten past, uh, you know, a lot of things. Um, For instance, I moved here in Atlanta. Now, my husband that, um, you know, we recently divorced, I was married before him, and I moved here to Atlanta. He was down here, and that was another thing. He was, you know, connected to our youngest daughter, and, you know, that was good for her, and that was a great thing. And he helped us. He helped us move in. A year almost to the date that we got down here, he passed away. So it was like, okay, all right, now I'm here by myself. So it's it's been constant changes in my life. But, you know, you get to a place where you say, okay, you know, you get a bump in the road and you say, okay, God, okay, which way do I go now? Because even though we weren't married and we, you know, we weren't in a relationship or anything like that, I still depended on the fact that he was here and that my daughter had him here. So I can do what I needed to do. And she had both her parents with her. But unfortunately, he passed away a year after we got here. So it was like, okay, now I have to adjust to this. Now I have to help my daughter because she's mourning the loss of her father. Okay, now I've gone through a divorce. I lost my first ex-husband to death. So here I am. God, what is it that you need me to do? So I wrote. So I do believe that we can get past things. I think things that happen in our lives along the way that mold us and turn us into the people that we are, you know, in the present day. And I am a firm believer that we can get past those things because we can take those things that broke us and and, and turn it to something a lot better and help it to bring another person up, you know, because there's always somebody somewhere that's going through something. And I think everybody has 
something that they've been through that they can share with somebody else and help them get through. And I believe that that's one of the main reasons we're here is to help other people, you know, get through their journey, you know, because somebody's helping us get through our journey. We all have a purpose. I believe that my purpose is to help women. It's all around me because this is a thing almost like my thorn in my side. This is my thorn. So I have to help women. That's that's my job. That's what I'm called to do. So, yes, I do believe that we can get past certain things. I think a lot of things we will keep with us. Um, and it may be a little challenging and take a little longer to get past. And then I believe that there are some things that we just won't get past. We may not, you know, bleed from them, you know, constantly like we did when it first happened. But I think it's some things that we just will never get past. You know, just things in our lives. Like, I will never forget my ex-husband. I was married to him for 10 years, you know, um, and I'm speaking on the one that passed away. I can never forget him. We have a daughter together. We shared our lives together, even though we weren't together, per se. I can never get past that, you know. He's a constant fixture in my spirit. He is, you know, because he played an integral role in my life, so... I don't think, you know, I think that's like a, a loaded question, Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I like those. I like those. I like I like opening the question. Yes. Yeah. And, and you answered it so well, though. You covered so much, and I've I tried to keep up with you um, by jotting a few things down. Um, and I want to come back to those. If you don't mind, I'd like to read just a, just a short portion of what you put in the book and have you um, just elaborate more on it. It's just a very short little piece, and it's, okay. it's the struggle. And I think it's in maybe Chapter 1, but um, it's, it's, you labeled it, the, or titled it The Struggle. You say, I spent so many years dragging my past into my present. I felt entitled to make everyone accountable to the pains of my past and not just romantic relationships either. I would often brand other people before they even did anything wrong. And, of course, I never did anything wrong. To be completely honest, I was conditioned to live in the pain and wanted others to be condemned because of the pain that I suffered from my past. How twisted is that? Please understand, if you can't be honest with your faults, then you will never heal or you will not heal. That was powerful. You could have just kind of closed the book right there, but to me that was just powerful. Give us a little bit more on that. Well, you know, it's easy. Just like I said, you know, with my even both of my ex-husbands, you know, it would be so easy to say, you know, oh, they were so rotten, they were so mean, you know, but at the end of the day, we all make choices. And when you're not healed and, and you've been living a life that you know is not the right way, you know, it's easy to put it on somebody else, to not be accountable to yourself. Because if you if you don't hold yourself accountable, then you don't have to fix yourself. There's nothing in you that is broken, that needs to be repaired, that 
it's easy to pass the buck. It, it really is. It is so easy. It's so easy to dodge the mirror, to not look in the mirror and say, you know what, that was all on them. Their loss. It might have been their loss. Okay, but what did you do to contribute to it? And I'm not saying that, you know, um, when people do things that would be, I guess, spoken as betrayals, that, you know, stuff happens, you know. And I've I've gotten to a place where, yeah, I get upset, you know, and I was hurt, you know, but I was carrying so much baggage around. I would carry from relationship to relationship the pain, whatever man A did, I just assumed that when I got with man B, he was going to do the same thing that man A did, and that wasn't necessarily the case. So this brother got branded for something that he hadn't even done yet, you know, and then you open up worms, so you you know the, the lack of trust. Okay, if this brother cheated on me, okay, now I know this brother won't cheat on me because that's what all brothers do. All men cheat, so it's easy to say that, you know, and then that way I didn't have to take a look at myself because, see, at the end of the day, I still have to look at myself and say, okay, Nika, what do you need to change? Not necessarily to, to keep a man because that's, that's not my issue. What did I need to do to live free and to be at peace with myself? I mean, you, you sit and think, you know, a lot of times we think a lot of twisted stuff. I know I have. I've thought of a lot of twisted stuff, things that I wanted to do to folks, things I wanted to say to folks, things that I would actually play out in my mind. I would actually have a stage play in my mind of what I want to say to somebody, how I wanted to hurt their feelings, and then once I hurt their feelings, I was going to walk off. You know, these are the things that, you know, cross my mind. And to me, that is twisted because to intentionally want to hurt somebody else, even if they cause you pain, it's kind of twisted, you know, and it's it's not of God because why do I want to inflict the same pain on somebody that they have inflicted on me? If I know it's making me feel awful inside, keeping me from sleep, making me lose weight, can't eat, can't talk, can't do anything, can't sleep, why would I want to inflict that pain on someone else? And I think that type of behavior is very twisted, and that's where I was. And I have no problem with saying that because had I not said, okay, God, this is twisted, he would have never addressed it. And if he did address it, I would have missed it. I would have missed the whole thing. You know, it was a lot of things that I needed to get cleaned up, my mouth, Tongue is sharp as a knife. You know, he had to deal with that. My heart didn't have pure motives. He had to deal with that. My temper, he had to deal with that. People would say, oh, you're so quiet. Yeah, but you have no idea what's crossing my mind and how I'm about to get you. You know, so he had to deal with all of that thinking and all that rottenness and say, you know, okay, you cannot live like this. And, you know, and, and people don't understand that when you act like that and, and then when you have children, that is spilling out onto your children, and they're picking up that behavior, and then they're taking out in the world. So we talk about generational curses, but we're creating them. And then we, you know, give this hmm. stuff to our kids, and then they send it out there, and, you know, say, oh, well, I want to break this generational curse. Then you have to stop the crazy behavior, and you got to stop spewing on the people that are that love you, and if people want to walk out of your life, I've learned bye. Goodbye. <laughs> See you. Goodbye. Goodbye. And that was 
and I and that's a lesson that I still find challenges with because you know I'm my heart is big and you know and when I let you in my heart I let you in all the way I don't let you in just a little bit so that is something that God's working sometimes you just got to say bye girl just say bye it's all right bye it's okay it doesn't mean that they are a rotten person it just means that they're not good in your life this season or maybe their time is up so you know I had to, to give a God and he dealt with me and told me you know your mood, your attitude, your everything is like really ugly, lady. I I just need you to get it together, and um and part of that was dealing with my twisted thinking. So, God's been busy. Anika, why do you think? Oh, go, go ahead, Sammy. go ahead, Rodney. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm a, I got oh. it written down. I won't forget. So you go first. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, what do you think? I mean. Like why why is it so hard for us to let go of people or let go of situations? Oh my goodness. For me, I think the biggest challenge is because you invest your time. Time that you cannot get back. Time. That was the thing that that angered me the most. That was the thing. I felt like I poured so much of me and my time into something that didn't pan out. I felt like mm. I invested so much. And when I say invested, you know, especially as women, we absorb everything, you know. So I felt like I invested so much of Nika, so much to the point that Nika didn't even exist anymore. I didn't exist and left my husband within the picture. I didn't even know mm. who I was anymore because the line became blurred because I, you know, it was in a place it wasn't healthy anymore. It wasn't healthy. You know, God tells us to be submissive unto our husbands. Yes, but he didn't say lose yourself. So I lost myself, and I spent a lot of years doing it, and I didn't even notice it. It was so subtle that I didn't even notice it until after we separated, and I was like, what do I do now? Because I didn't have anything. All I had was my husband and my kids. They had their lives. My children had their lives. My husband at the time had his life. But my life was poured so much into them that I never had anything else. And I think that is one of the biggest reasons why we can't let go. We we can't let go of the what could have been. We could have been great. And then sometimes we create these things in our minds that I don't know, somewhere down the line, People think, okay, when they get married, you know, okay, they're going to have that, you know, that feeling of euphoria forever, and it's going to feel, you know, just great all the time. But then when life happens, they don't know how to adjust. They don't know how to adapt that sometimes you're not going to feel good. Sometimes you're not going to like your spouse or your mate. You're just not because it's life. You know, it's just who we are. But the thing is you got to keep pushing. You got to keep pressing. And, And people want to give up you know, and trade up for a newer model or or just give up and say, you know what, this is more than I bargained for. I don't even want this anymore, you know, whatever the case is. But I think that we invest so much of ourselves into relationships and, and situations that when we don't have things come out the way that we think they should come out, we get this disappointment and, and sometimes anger. You know, for me, it was time. 11 years is a long time, 
to be with somebody. And, you know, all of a sudden they're like, you know what, I'm not even with it no more. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? You're not with it. What? So, you know, I think that that was my issue. I just, you know, when I get in a relationship, and I don't, and it's not just a romantic relationship. If I enter a relationship with someone, a friendship, I, I give my all because I expect to get it back, you know, but it doesn't work like that. So I had to learn to change my thinking on that as well. But for me, it was time. Time is why it was difficult for me to let go. I was invested. I was deeply invested. So, mm. you know, when it didn't work out. Anika, you mentioned earlier on about um, missing it, that, that God had to deal with you. And, and first of all, you had to, I think it's so important for people to hear that and under, and understand how important it is to be real with yourself so that God can be, you can see the realness in God. Because I think so often we misinterpret it for whatever reason, and, and not that we don't know who we are, the things that we think um, that maybe people don't 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 get to always um, hear, or the things that we do that people don't get to always see, but somewhere in us we know who we are. We know the things that are not pleasing to God. Yet some of us walk around with the clown face on and and pretend that we are perfect and God has done all that he needs to do in us, and now I'm trying to fix you. Um, been there, done that. But to, to when you say miss it, if you would please just give them a little bit more on how important, like, maybe first of all, how do we get ourselves in a place where we don't continue to miss it and just be there so that we are open to what God needs to do within us. And then the second thing, generational curses, I want to come back to that one, but if you could just address the the miss it first. Okay, for me, um, the missing it was I could see it. I, I knew that I was off, but I didn't care. <laughs> first, we got to care. I didn't care. It didn't make no difference to me. If you didn't want to be around me, then don't. That's how I felt. If you didn't like how I was, this is me. This is who I I was born this way. You know, it's just who I am. It's just part of my personality. It's just, you know, who I am. You know, but we have to, you know, the, the word of God tells us to take a self-inventory. We have to take a self-inventory. If you cannot be honest with yourself, then who else will? And then if you have some good friends, if you have some leaders, some mentors, they'll tell you the truth. They will surely tell you, you know, but you have to be open to receive it. Does it feel good? It does not. Not all the time. You know, I I had a mentor, and she used to get me all the time. You know, Nika, your mouth, your mouth, your mouth. And I'd be like, whatever, you know, because, you know, and then my favorite thing is I'm grown. It, You know, it didn't matter to me. Um, and I just got to a place where I was tired of repeating a cycle. Because, see, if you pay attention to your life and, and you know you're not living right, you're just constantly repeating the same cycle over and over with different people. And if you don't catch it, you'll spend your entire life doing the same thing over and over. And I had to address some things. 
Yes, my mouth. Even now, I still have to pray. Sometimes I just have to just keep my mouth shut. Do you know how hard it is when you want to just kind of blurt something out? But you know that if you open your mouth, it's going to be nothing but trouble. So you just sit there and you – I've spent moments where I've actually cried because I couldn't speak when I wanted to speak. And and that was it was discipline and it was God saying, Don't you open your mouth and I knew he meant what he said, so I couldn't say anything. And I cried because I felt it almost felt like I was getting a bear hug. You ever you know, you ever see people fight and then two big people grab and break them apart and you just hold them down? That's how I felt. Like I was just trapped. And you know, and when you pray and honestly and sincerely pray, God will start showing you yourself. He will start showing you the things that you need to change, you know, but it's up to us to actually listen. And if you want to welcome him, I told God, you know, I think one of the biggest things is being honest with God. First off, he already knows, so it's no big deal, but he needs you to be honest. And I told God, I was telling God straight up, you know, and I would literally say, I can't stand this person. They make me sick. It was almost to the point where I wanted God to go out and smite people. I mean, like, I wanted to go, Old Testament, let's go out here, and I need you. You know, like I was, like he was a genie, and, like, I just needed him to just start taking folks out. You know, and it was like, you know, but, dang, what if somebody was thinking the same thing about me? You know, because of some nonsense that I did, something that I didn't think about. You know, what if, you know, I need compassion. I need mercy. We all need it. And I just had to be honest about that. Did I like it? No. And there's still some things that God is just dealing with me about, you know. Um, and one of the biggest things that he dealt with me about was forgiveness. And that has been, <laughs> it's been a trip. But I know I need it. I need it. I have to have it. Because I know that I need forgiveness. You know, how can I condemn people? But yet I go to God and say, but I want you to forgive me. But condemn that person over there because I'm better than them. No, we all fall short, you know. And you have to, I think that it's something that you have to want, first off. You have to be in a place where you can receive it. Because everybody cannot, I guess, minister to you or talk to you about certain topics. For instance, you know, Rodney may be able to say something to me, and you may say the exact same thing, but I may only be able to receive it from Rodney. And y'all could be saying the exact same thing, but for some reason, I can only receive it from Rodney. You know, everybody can't deliver the same message and everybody receive it, you know, from that person. I think everybody has an assigned person, a person that can, you know, penetrate the spirit. And you have to be, again, I keep going back to the same thing, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be able to look deep. I was tired, and that's why I was able to look. I was over it. I was tired. I said, God, it got to be better than this. It, it has to be. I, I just don't believe that this is what my life is supposed to be, not all of it. Yeah, I'm supposed to go through, but I'm supposed to come out on the other side of victory. So that's what your word says. So I need to start seeing victory. I've seen all the ugliness. I need to start seeing victory. And the only way that I could see the victory is if I allow God to change me. And he's still doing it. There's still some things, you know, that he's dealing with. And he will always have something to deal with me about, you know. But 
is raising that awareness, you know, listening to him, and then, you know, using wisdom. Wisdom goes a long way. So I think that's, you know, a way that you can go without. If you if you don't pay attention to yourself, your behaviors, and even pay attention to the people around you, you know, they'll give signs if you're doing the right thing or not. They'll let you know. And if you, you have a friend or somebody that really loves you, if they really, really love you, they will tell you the truth if they love you. Now, I don't I don't need any friends that's just going to pat my back all the time even when I'm wrong because, you know, that will get me hurt. You know, tell me the truth. If you really love me, you're going to tell me the truth. And then that way God can work with that, and I can begin to work on those things, at least become aware of it. You know, now when I talk, you know, I know that my mouth was my problem, you know, a big problem. So now when I'm getting ready to say something negative, I get quicker and quicker, you know, that that spirit falls and say, watch what you say. Watch what you say. And when you get in the habit, you'll find after a while that you've learned it, maybe not mastered it, but you've gotten better with it, and you'll keep striving towards the mark. And I think, you know, many times we miss it because we choose to miss it. You know, we choose it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rodney, anything? Uh, Nika, uh, tell our audience uh, real quick, uh, tell everyone again how they can uh, get c- copies of your book and how they can uh, get in touch with you. Uh, my books are actually, all three of my books are on Amazon.com, and my name is Anika, it's spelled A-N-I-K-A, and my last name is Ennett, E-N-N-E-T-T, and I'm on Facebook as author Anika Ennett. As my author's page, and then my personal uh, Facebook is a new. And then on uh, Twitter, I'm writing to restore. That's W R I T I N G, the number two, R E S T O R E. Okay. Um, my next question is, um, how does healing or lack thereof play a role in other aspects of your life, not just when it comes to um, relationships, but when it comes to your career, uh, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to um, just other aspects of your life, Uh, maybe um, you fulfilling your dreams, whether it be going to school, starting a business, um, what role does the, does healing uh, play um, in your life, if any? Well, I believe to to go forward, um, you have to heal. Being in pain weighs you down, and it messes up your judgment. First off, you, you're not thinking with a clear mind. You you're playing with wounds. You know you're feeding off of your pain. So therefore, you're going to make judgments based off of your pain. You know, we get in trouble when we do things based on emotion. Our emotions will set us up and get us in a world of mess. And I believe how can you move forward and be happy and receive things, the good things that the world has to give you if you're so weighed down and preoccupied with stuff that happened years ago? How can you move forward? You have no room to receive the good because you're so full of pain and 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 this mess, you can't, I don't see how you can celebrate life if you're 
still mourning the past. How can you celebrate and mourn at the same time? I don't know how you do that. You can't go forward, for instance. Um, I wanted to go to school. I I went to school. I ended up going to school. When I first started going to school, um, I started going to school when I was living in Japan. I wanted to get my degree. Started out. Everything was okay. Started going through things with my husband at the time. It took me three years to complete that degree. I left school because I couldn't function. My mind wasn't clear. I wasn't concentrating on the task at hand, so I couldn't move forward. I couldn't do anything that was positive. And, you know, regardless if I don't care how together a person may seem, when you're broken, it is always going to spill out. I don't care. It will spill out in your behavior. It will spill out in your words. It will spill out in your relationships. It will even change the level of people that you interact with. Because when you're broken, those spirits seek out each other. So you take one broken person, you're going to connect to another broken person. So then you have a mess. But see, when you're healed, you'll be able to spot that situation and you'll be able to divert it. If you're not healed, you're going to keep drawing the same thing. You know, those like spirits. You know, the spirit knows the spirit. So if you're a mess, guess what? You're going to draw a messy spirit. If you have a lustful spirit, guess what? You're going to draw a lustful spirit. I don't care what you're doing in life. I don't care what activity, whether it's trying to get another job, if you're trying to go out here and, you know, um, be a TV producer, or whatever the case may be. Okay, for example, this has been in all our news. Men. We have men coming out of the woodwork, same as men, that are being popped for sexual harassment. That has always been there. But it took a while for it to manifest. It showed itself eventually, but it was always there. So, therefore, it hindered their careers. Now, can they get their careers back on track? Probably so. But they need to clean up the inside because that personal mess, that stuff that they didn't deal with, spilled over into their work life. It messed with their careers. So I believe that anything, I mean, it's, it's, if you're broken and you're not healed, and you're dealing with somebody, you can give that brokenness to somebody else. You can corrupt somebody else's spirit. You can lead somebody else down the wrong path. You can tell somebody the wrong thing. When we damage, we teach damaged. When we're happy and we're good and we're healed, we teach healed. You know, we give out what we have inside of us, you know. Whatever's on the inside is going to come out. So I believe if you're not healed, no matter what you're doing, whether it's a job, um, a dream, it's all going to be tainted somewhere. It's going to show itself somewhere, and you're going to have to deal with it no matter what. So I believe that being healed in all areas of your life will help you to go further in your life because it always comes out. It always comes out. When they say what's done in the dark comes to light, yeah, it does, and that's the same thing with healing. I don't care what it is, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, a dream, school, whatever the case may be. If you're not healed, it's going to show itself, and it's going to stagnate you, and I think it will limit a person from being the best that they can be in whatever area it is that they're you know, trying to excel in. Anika, this is Tammy. Um Let's go back to the generation of curses. Uh, I remember for uh-huh. a, a long time in my life that 
I really pondered and tried to understand my life by looking back at others who had had, um, I guess, a say in my life and, and, and all of that. And I remember someone telling me the that, yes, generational curses do exist. They're alive and they're thriving. But the way to eliminate, eliminate those is to change the habits, change the actions. You look back at the people and mm-hmm. you don't do what they did to create the, the so-called curse, if that's what you want to call it. Tell us right. what things have you had to change in your life. Um, and I know you, you mentioned how what we do, our kids, or, or we're teaching our kids by the way or in which the way that we act, the things we do, how we think, what we say. What things have you had to change in your life to get to the point where you are today? Well, one of the things that I had to change was my attitude. And, you know, um, because, you, you know, your children will tell you, oh, you know, I used to tell my children, your attitude is so nasty. They would say, well, Mom, we got it from you. And I'd be like, wow. But when I think <laughs> about it, they're telling the truth. They are telling the absolute truth. You know, how can they not? You know, They pick up on what we give out. My girls are so much like me that it's crazy, especially my oldest daughter. So, you know, I always say, you know, your attitude is real funky. I, I need you to deal with that. Well, you know, I got her from you, and she's telling the truth. So I had to make sure that even in situations where I would normally be, like, really angry, and I mean, like, like angry to the point where, you know, I'm getting out of character, that I had to learn how to, you know, diffuse situations. I had to learn how to be a peacemaker. That was one of the biggest things I had to learn. I had to learn how to be a peacemaker and learn how not to get so wound up, especially when things didn't go my way. Um, One of the things that I was really disappointed in um, when I got divorced was that is one thing that I did not want to do. The second time when I got married, I said, you know what? I'm not getting divorced. And And I say this because I seen divorce on both sides of our family, and it was insane, you know, on both sides of our family. So I knew. I said, okay. And we had discussed this. I said, you know, um, you know what we're dealing with, you know. We had this conversation. But in spite of the conversation, we are divorced. And I was so disappointed because I felt, okay, and I said, God, you know, the best way to break this, you know, generational curse of divorce is not to get divorced, you know. Um, but that didn't happen. So I I was really down about that. I felt like I let God down. I let myself down. And I let my children down because I said, you know, it has to stop. I'm aware of it. I have knowledge of it. So I can act on it. However, what I learned that was so critical to this is that he had to also think the same way. There was nothing that I could do. He had he had to have the same concept, the same ideas that I had as far as the divorce. So it took me a while to get over the fact that I got divorced and some things that I, you know, are out of my control. But those things that are in my control, I try to be very proactive. I try to, you know, when I see something, you know, a behavior 
that I know I had and I see it in my children, I tag them instantly. I say, okay, this is what I need you to deal with because instead of just letting it ride on, ride on, ride on, and there's certain things that I had to change. You know, I had to learn to have a, a calmer spirit. I'm still a little wound up sometimes, but I still had to learn to have a calmer spirit. I had to be more understanding of other people's struggles because I had many struggles. I had to be totally opposite that I saw in, you know, past relationships, past family situations. I had to be the change that I wanted to see. So I had to start doing things. And there are still some things that I need to work on that, you know, I know my children will need to work on as a result. And it's that I can't live their life for them. I can't block them from all mistakes because I'll see something and I say, oh, my goodness, I know how that worked out for me. So I want to just jump in. I don't want to stop it. But I can't. I can, you know, tell them. I can influence them, give them my wisdom. However, at the end of the day, they're still going to make their own choice. However, I, you know, like for me, my parents, um, you know, believe in God and, you know, all of that. However, wasn't big in the household. Now, for me, I pray a lot. My children know I pray. They know I anoint my house. It's just certain things that I'm doing now because I want my children to take it into their homes. Instead of leaving a negative legacy, I try to, you know, break those generational curses by doing the exact opposite. What would God have me do? And my children have begun to start to pick up on those things. So that is excellent. They know I tell them, okay, yeah, you want me to pray? Okay, but I need you to pray for yourself. So now when if they see me struggling, they're quick to tell me, praying for you, Mom. And it was a time that they wouldn't do that because they didn't know, but they learned that behavior from me. So I had to become the thing that I wanted to see in my own children. It's just some things that I just don't want my children to take into their lives with their children. And now I have a grandson, so it's like, okay, now I'm thinking about this little boy too. And, you know, he's only six months old, and it's like I'm already 50 years down his bloodline, and I'm like, okay, I'm praying for him because it's things that I see that I know that did me no good that I don't want to see show up in his life. So I believe that we have to become that very thing. Just like you said, Tammy, I think it's important that, you said you had to actually take action and start doing those things. You know, people say, well, how do you break a generational curse? Stop doing whatever that curse is. If everybody is committing adultery, guess what? Don't commit adultery. Break the curse. If everybody's getting divorced, guess what? Don't get divorced. If everybody is an alcoholic, guess what? Don't drink. You know, that's how you break the curses. You know, some say, oh, it's not that simple, but sometimes it is. Sometimes just don't start it. Don't open the door to it. Just don't open the door. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Tammy, when you said you have to change the behavior. You have to change the behavior. Some people think it's this, you know, big old, you know, spooky thing and, you know, mystical and all. Sometimes it's not even that. It's real simple. Stop the behavior. You break the curse. It's simple in some cases. Great stuff, great stuff. Rodney, you got anything? Rodney? 
I'll tell oh, you what, I'm really enjoying this conversation. Sorry, I don't my my phone is really bugging. <laughs> but um I'm really enjoying this conversation because I think um I think Anika is very genuine in the things that she's saying and you can tell she's not just blowing smoke. Like you can tell she's actually been through some things in life and you'll never know, at least I don't think so, but you'll never know every little detail about anyone's experiences, but excuse me, you can tell um, that she, that she's coming from a place where like she has felt some fire in her life, but she's using it um, in a positive way. She's using it to, uh, to help other people. And I think that's something that we have to remember um, as we're going through anything. And that is number one, yes, it's meant to help you. Um, but two, at some point, it could be a year, could be 30 years from your trial, but at some point, somebody is going to need what it is that you have. And so I think that we have to keep that in mind. And so um, for just a moment, I I do want to commend Anika for um, sharing with us um, her books and her experiences and her perspective on some things because um, Tamari has even been saying, that's a good point, or that's really good, or good stuff. Like she, Tamari has been commending you in the background. So um, Thank you. I just want to commend <laughs> so I did want to put that out there really quickly. Anika, this is Tammy. I I want to skip um skip ahead a little bit and ask you to tell us more comment more about the wrong man chapter. Picking the wrong man. Let's boy, talk about that. oh boy. Yes, indeed. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. And this goes for men as well. It's not even just women. This goes for men as well. You know, this leads back to that very thing. If you are not healed, you will pick a mate based off of your pain. The spirit knows the spirit. So, for example, if I'm broken and I'm not healed and I'm looking just for the pain to stop, I'm looking for company, I'm looking for somebody that I think can fix me. And and notice I said fix me, and I'm not even talking about God. I'm talking about by getting married, this man can fix me. No, we need to be whole, okay? And then a lot of times these we get into relationships for the wrong reason. We pick men based off of their looks off of their bank account, off of the sex, off of, you know, off of some of the most uh, superficial things. Now, while it's important that, you know, you, you want a mate that has a good financial backing and all of that, however, what's most important is how that man is going to treat you. And I never believed it. If you want to know the type of man that you have, find out how he treats his mother. 
I promise you, if you find out how that man treats his mother, you will know what you're looking at. Okay, that's one lesson that I learned. Another lesson that I learned is that sometimes women, we pick men that we want to fix up. We see these things. We see all these red flags. Oh, I can fix them. Oh, love will bring us through. Oh, I can correct that. Oh, it's cute. But 10 years from now, that thing won't be cute. It will be getting on your nerves, and you will be angry, and then start feeling resentment towards or whatever the case may be. See, sometimes we find men, and we want to mold them into what we want them to be, and that's not the case. A man that, first off, let me let me back way up. First off, we shouldn't even be looking for a man because the Word of God tells us when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. So the man is supposed to find us. Second off, when the man finds us, we should already be walking like a wife. A lot of times we're not walking like wives. We're walking like girlfriends. We're walking like side chicks. We're walking like mistresses, and we're okay with that. But, see, that's the problem because then when you catch feelings and things aren't going the way you want them to go, then everybody want to get mad, and then everybody start acting crazy and, and then start blasting each other. Then we find people, broken people. Now, now I found this out. You go through something with your spouse. The Lord tells us, don't let the sun go down on your anger. How many people do that? There are probably people practicing that now. Not many people do it because when you leave the door open, this social media thing, that thing is a mess. You can find a wife, a girlfriend. Sometimes you can find it all, and they're okay with being together. You know, you have to be really paying attention I tell people, you need to have a relationship with God. I'm telling you, because God will watch out for you. You need to have open communication with God. And not only open communication, listen to what he tells you. Don't just say, okay, I hear you, God, but then go on and do your own thing. We pick the wrong person based off of wrong information. We're looking for the wrong things. We're not paying attention. We're ignoring warning signs. We're saying, oh, you know, it's so cute, though. Oh, you know, what is he dealing with now? Don't know this person's background. Don't don't know nothing. And then we rushing off and we getting into these relationships and then divorce rate is a, at an all time high because we're being connected to folks that God ain't even told us to hook up with in the first place. So it's already a mess. Then you got people that's unequally yoked, so then we want God to come fix our husband or our wife now because we done married the wrong thing. Now we need, it becomes God's problem, where it was not his problem, because he told you what to do. He chose to ignore it. And then women have this thing, I don't know, not all women, but some women want to raise somebody else's son. And that's a problem. Instead of him being your husband, he's your son. And then you're raising him. You're telling him what to do. You don't listen to what he says. You're disrespectful to him. You know, taking all his manhood from him, stripping him down. So, you know, it just is just wrong connections all the time. And, you know, we have to pay attention. You know, like for me, I have such a strong personality. I'm a little quiet, but my personality is loud. So, you know, I know that when I marry, the man of God that God has for me, he needs to surely be an alpha male. If he is not an alpha male, he can't deal with me. I know he can. I know what I need. I'm not going to look for him 
God will send them. He'll find me. But I know that that is what I need. So, you know, we have to stop going out and picking these, you know, guys that we know are no good for us. You know, oh, he doesn't have a job now, but I'm going to go ahead and get in a relationship with him. And then six months down the road, he's sitting on the couch playing video games. But now you're mad. He didn't have a job when you met him. You knew this. You were paying for everything when you met him. You knew this. Why are you angry now? Why are you mad? And I'm not talking about a, a man, you know, your husband and he lost his job or, you know, someone that you're with and you know that he's doing everything that he can and he's handling his business. I'm not talking about that man. I'm talking about the man that you knew was a joker from the start. You knew he was. He was a good time. And he left around the court feelings. And then now that you got these feelings, now you want to play house. He's now wifing you and you're mad. Don't be mad because you got just what you wanted at that time. That's why we need to slow down and stop just saying, you know, I just need to be with a man. I just need to be with a man. Women aren't okay in their singleness, you know, and that was one of my fears. I said, okay, God, I'm about to be single. What am I do with that? Because between two husbands, I've been married for over 20 years. So this is the first time at age of 46 that I've been single in a long time. So this is new to me. And I thought I was going to be sad. But you know what? I am enjoying my singleness. I am because I'm learning who I am. I'm learning what I really like. I'm not trying to please a spouse. I sleep in the middle of my bed, smack bed in the middle of my bed. I don't have to bump into nobody. I don't have to say move over. I don't have to cook for no husband. And it is well with my soul at this time. I'm okay. But it's easy. I could have easily had somebody else. You know, it's not hard to find a man. Just like it's not hard for a man to find a woman. It's not hard. You can do this. <laughs> Take 10 minutes. You know, it's easy. But why do you want to keep going through nonsense? Why not let God clean you up, prepare you for the person that you're truly meant to be with? You know, wrong with you, the brokenness, the, you know, the deficiencies that you have. I think that we go out because we're afraid to be alone. And in that fear, you pick up any man, any stray, any man that says something real sweet to you, pay a bill here, pay your card note, whatever. It don't make no difference. I pay my own card note. I don't need you to pay my bills. I need you to let me know first how your spirit is. What is what is going on in your life? We don't take time to get to know people anymore. I want to know, okay, have you been married before? Is you divorced? Why are you divorced? I need to know that because somehow that's going to play into my life. I need to know why you're divorced, okay, if not. You know, I need to know if you've never been married, I'm going to need you to fill me in on that too. If you're not currently dating, I want to know why. You know, gaps in time, if you can't tell me where you've been for a certain amount of time, for long stretches, I need to know because, see, that's a red sign, a red flag to me. It's just things that, you know, we need to know. You know, I'm not saying that we have to divulge all of this information, you know, first night out or whatever, but it's an interest. I need to know, you know, I, you know, what's your credit like? I'm trying to get my credit together. What's your credit like? You know, because these things, I don't date. I don't openly, I don't casually date. I don't casually date anyone. So my goal is when my man of God comes and he finds me, I already walk like a wife. 
so I'll be a wife. I'm not test driving nobody. I'm 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 not. I don't fornicate. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not doing it. And I think if we learn to be okay in our singleness, we are less likely to make poor choices. When we're okay with ourselves, when we learn to love ourselves, I think that we will make more informed decisions. We will get better mates, you know. And and who wants a woman, you know, I know many of us, you know, get up in your ears and all that. But I don't know a man that wants a woman that's ran down. I, I just don't. And you can read between those lines. I don't know a man that wants a woman like that. So I think that we have to slow down, take care of ourselves, you know, spend time loving ourselves, be okay in our single status, not panic. Because, like, Valentine's Day is coming up. These single women about to start crying, bleeding all down Facebook, talking about, oh, he's gone, oh, I'm lonely. No, buy yourself some candy, girl. Buy yourself some flowers. Do you. You don't have to have a man to treat yourself. And I think if we slow down and pay attention to the things that are important, then we are more likely to pick the right mate. So that's what I feel, you know, when picking the wrong man. We just rush out and we don't think. You know, we've been going based on emotions and emotions change. I could love you today, you know, and I'm not talking about love as, you know, a, a good friend, but, I mean, I could really like you, but you might do a little something, and I don't know. It might turn me off. I don't know. But we can't just keep going and doing things based on temporary feelings, you know, because emotions die down. You know, when you don't feel that great about me, do you still want to be with me? Those are the things that we need to, you know, look into. And then a marriage is a business, too. You know, what you bring to the table, what are we going to do together that's going to make us both great? You know, what's our purpose together? Because it's not just about love. It's a business deal, too. Because, you know, if I'm an author, I'm writing, and, you know, I'm pursuing my own businesses and things of that nature, you have to match me. If not, you have to be above me. Something has to give. I can't be where I'm at and you have no motivation. If you're not motivated and I'm all the way on 100 and you at like 10 all the time, that's never going to work because that person is going to feel left out. And I'm going to feel like, oh, okay, well, you don't even have no drive. So then somebody with drive is going to start looking a little more appealing to me. So, you know, we need to stop setting ourselves up and take our time and, and, and wait for the right man to find us. And meanwhile, be good in your singleness. Mm-hmm. Rodney, you have anything? <laughs> I'm going uh, to read these comments from the chat room, um, and then I do have something to share, and then I want to ask a question. So, <laughs> um, But from the, from the chat room, from, um, from our good friend Skyview, um, it says, you truly heal when you remind yourself who you are. Um, and he says that was the case for him anyway. And then he said, when you realize who you are, there are certain situations and people that you just won't put up with or fool with any further. And That's right. That, that leads me to um, my own personal life or testimony, however you want to look at it. But um, 
I'm married today because of who I'm married to. Um, I had, um, a few years ago, um, before my wife and I started dating, before we met each other, um, I had, I had no desire, um, to date, to be with anybody. I, I, I had no desire. Um, and it wasn't that like I was, I don't know, I wasn't bitter or, or, or anything. I was just at a, at a point in my life where I was just like, you know what, like, I'm cool. <laughs> and I remember, like, I would go out with my friends and, you know, they would, you know, be like, oh, man, like, she's cute or, you know, or something. And I'm like, eh, no, nah, I'm good. And I remember even when I first knew of my wife, um, that was my first response. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. And she had the same response. And so about a month later, it was, you know, it was my best friend. And he was like, you know, um, <laughs> no, he was like, you know, um, I really think that you should um, talk to Tamari. And I'm like, okay, all right, if you came back around a second time, may, okay, cool. And I remembered, like, at first, like, it, things started off very slowly. Um, and I remember the first time I talked to her was the day before my birthday. We talked for about 10 minutes. I was in the store um, getting ready to walk out. And, like, you know, we talked for about 10 minutes. And then we didn't, uh, I think uh, the next week, um, like, I called her. And I think she was in a grocery store. And then, like, um, I missed her call, and then, like, we didn't talk again for another week or two. And so, like, things, like, even then, like, they, they started off very slowly. But I was at a point in my life where, for the first time, I didn't have to be in a relationship with anybody. Um, you know, I, I I was done trying to force things. I was done trying to change people. I was, I may have even been done with myself. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But like, you know, I, I was just at a point in my life where it was like, I was, I was okay. Like I was fine. And, you know, I wasn't trying to make things happen. And so when we met, you know, and, 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 and you know, we started dating, it was like, you know what? Like, what I had learned from my dad years prior, I saw that come to light. And that was my dad told me when I was going through um, my divorce, because I got married, like, really young. I got married when I was 22 and divorced when I was 25. And I remember, like, through the whole, like, divorce process, one day we were talking. It was Christmas. It was Christmas Day, and we were just talking, and he said, the only thing you need to do is just enjoy your life. And when you meet that person, you'll know it. Yep. And me me thinking the way that I used to think, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to know it and he was like, that's the thing. You just know. Like you like nothing like is going to like fall out of the sky. 
and hit you in the head. Like, like nothing's <laughs> going to happen. You're just going to be like, I know that this is it, or I know that this is the person for me. That's and, right. And I will share with, with everyone, even things that, that I've shared with my wife, and that is call me crazy, but I have always believed that you don't have to fight with people. Like people say that, you know, it's hard. I, I, I don't know what people mean by it's hard, but what I will say is this. You don't have to let the sun go down on your wrath. You don't have to walk around mad at somebody for days or, you know, sleeping in different rooms or, you know, don't touch me. And uh, you you don't have to do that. Like, I'm not saying that that's everybody's situation. I can tell you about mine. I've, I've, I've always had that thought, like, why do people keep saying that, like, we got to, like, like you have to fight? I don't think that you have to fight with anybody. You're not going to agree. But you don't have to have these nasty, like, long, drawn-out, like, arguments. Yeah, you may, you know, you may disagree and things may get heated for a moment, but I don't feel like, like you have to, like, go on forever. And I never have. And so... For me, everything that I thought and people tried to tell me that was crazy, I'm living it right now. Like, I, like we don't have, like, this fictitious relationship, but nor do we have this, you know, relationship that people say that, well, you know, you have to have, like, these difficult times. No, we don't. You can have exactly what you want. Now, some people like to argue. Some people like to fuss and fight. I'm not that person, and neither is she. And so, like, you know, and I was saying last week on the show that you have to find what works for you. And you have to live according to that. Is everything going to always be the way that you want it? No. But does it mean that it has to ruin your life? No. And I remember, you know, a former pastor saying one time um, that you should always base your relationship on the negatives. It's easy to, you know, base it on the positives and, oh, everything is great, but eventually your relationship is going to get tested. And then you know what you have. And so for me, again, I'm married today because of who I'm married to. We don't have this relationship where, like, things are ugly. Like, we are we are one because we're married, but at the same time, She's still to marry you. I'm still rotten. I don't try to change her. She doesn't try to change me. And if there are differences, we are wise in how we address them. We don't just, well, I'm going to beat you upside the head until 
you fix this because it's not how I am. No, we don't do that. And so, you know, when I when I when I talk to other people or when I listen to other people, um, you know, it's like it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be ugly all the time. God wants you to have the best. The question That's is, right. do you want the best? Or do you want the best that God has for you? Like, do you want that? And we'll say yes, but then we'll take everything except the best. That's right. And That's I feel right. like before I <laughs> before I ask you to expound on something, I do <laughs> I do want to give you a chance to jump back in here. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, Anika. You go. Go for it. One thing that I I picked up immediately, Rodney, while you were talking and you were talking about, you know, your wife and everything and how you, you know, you weren't trying to change her and she wasn't trying to change you. It's the same thing that I said. And you, you said it yourself. When you were single, you were good. You were okay in your singleness. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to tell women. Be okay at that place. Because when you're a whole and you're okay, you have no reason to go out and try to change nobody else. You know, you need two whole people. People say, you know, oh, 50-50. No, y'all need to be 100-100. That's how y'all need to come together, not 50-50. We don't need to be two half people. We need to be two whole people. And that's what I kept hearing over and over through everything that you said. You were good in your singleness, and that's why everything is the way it is. You were good. So all your wife did was add to your greatness, and you did the same for her. She was good. Mm -hmm. So you added to her greatness the way it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be. But, see, we don't give ourselves time to be okay being single. So you were okay. You wasn't just out there picking up any chick that walked past you, you know. And I know women flirt and, you know, because it's hard out here. So, you know, these women out here flirting, you know, and and, and doing all all types of things. You know, rings don't mean nothing no more, you know, whatever. But the fact that you were whole before you entered the relationship, the fact that you were able to, you know, leave time in between the times that y'all even spoke when y'all first started dating, it moved really slowly. Because you were secure in who you were. You were good. So you didn't feel that desperation, oh, i got to have this woman, i got to have any woman. You were good. And I think that's why, I believe that is why everything is so good. You know, maybe perfect, probably not, but your good days surely outweigh your bad. And that's because y'all were good. Y'all were good as separate people. So when y'all came together in marriage, Y'all just, you know, blossom, and and that makes sense to me. And that's why I try to tell women, be okay being single. Be okay. Just like your dad told you, enjoy your life, live. I'm learning stuff about mm-hmm. myself at 46 that I didn't even know I liked. I like going to hear po- free poetry. I like to go to art museums. It's just stuff that I never even knew I liked because I was so worried about being alone, so worried about if this man is going to be with me, so preoccupied with what is he doing when he's not with me, you know? And even if I, could control, I couldn't control it because he still did what he wanted to do. So I wasted time. Now 
I know better, got wisdom. So now I'm enjoying my singleness. And I think that when I get remarried, because I so believe in love and I so believe in marriage, and, and you know, and I, I believe that there are good marriages out there. I'm not frowned or turned against marriage. I want to be married to the right man. But this time, I will slow walk him down. You know, he, just like you said, I, I believe that the man that God has for me, I will know him when he finds me. And it won't be a doubt in my mind. I'll know him. I pray for him mm-hmm. now. And I have no idea who he is, but I pray for him. I cover him now. So, you know, I believe that. I believe what you're saying. And I think that's outstanding. And I wish that more people would a, a, adopt that behavior, being okay, being single. So when you come and, and, you know, for men, when you find your wife, you truly find a good thing. I mean, like really find a good thing, you know? And and I want mm-hmm. the woman to be able to receive that husband and not bring broken relationships to that man and make him pay for what other men have done to you. That's not his job. That's not his fault. He should not have to carry that burden. So she needs to be whole. So I believe you, you did that, Rodney. Good job. <laughs> Anika, this is, as we start to um, bring it to a close, I have one question. Um, you You mentioned that you believe your purpose, or you know your purpose to be working with women, sharing with women. If you had, if you were given the opportunity to speak on one thing for the rest of your life to women, if it was your job to present and to speak on and to um, uplift women in this area or educate them in this this area, what would that one thing be? Oh, my goodness. It would surely be coming out of divorce as a result of adultery. That would surely be the one thing. That would be the one thing that is so deeply rooted in my spirit that I would definitely, if I had to talk about it every day, all day, and tell a woman that you can survive, it would definitely be being divorced and coming off of adultery. Okay, can we bring back to speak on that topic a little bit? Yes. Yes. Yes, definitely. I okay. would definitely because I believe that I went. I had my share. Oh my goodness, my share of adultery. Um, my last husband cheated on me three times, and well, three that I know about. And um, when I tell you, they were all rough, but the last one was one of the most challenging and heartbreaking things that I have ever walked through in my life. And I say that because he had an open relationship on social media. And I knew who this this woman was. And she was no friend of mine, but I still knew who she was. And he had an open relationship um, to the point where, you know, he would literally leave me and go meet her at the corner. I could stand at my front door and see him go meet her at the corner, get in our car, be gone almost all the night, come home. And get in the bed with me and go to sleep. This went on for a long time, long, long time. Um, and I was just trying to get my bearings, trying to find out first, okay, I'm recovering from the shock of it all. 
my my heart was felt like it was ripped out my chest, and then the shame, the shame that I carried. I was so embarrassed, and and the embarrassment that I had, I was like, God, this is some low down dirty. I mean, you know, it was like everything that I knew about God, I forgot, and I went straight back to the street ready to fight. You know, I, all that it just just went away because all I had in me was rage. But God is just such a rock star. I just tell you, he's such a rock star. There were times where, I mean, to the point where this woman would say things on social media, wasn't even my friend on, on, on Facebook or anything like that, would say little things. I would see pictures of my husband commenting to her and saying different things to her, you know, oh, baby, like I wasn't even there. And we were still living together, actively married, and I was so broken. And I said, God, if you just let me just reach out just one time, just let me lay hands one time, just once, and I will be good. You know, I'll make it count. I mean, I was literally, like, bargaining with God, like, how can I hurt this this chick? And um, he said, you know what? You're not going to say a thing. I was like, what? I can't talk. I can't say nothing. You will not say a thing. Because what I need you to see is first that this is a trick to destroy your testimony. Because you remember that book you wrote, that first book, you know, he saw me and all that and all the good things and the things that you learned. If you choke this lady out, you killing that whole testimony. You cannot let the enemy make your testimony a lie. And that weighed so heavy in my spirit. He said, what have you learned through this? I know you're hurting. I, I know you feel bad. I, I know this is not a good look. I know you're embarrassed. I know you feel shame. I know all of that. Because, I'm, you know, we was in a small town. Everybody knew everybody. So I can't walk out my front door without seeing somebody that knew all of us. So I felt like I was like I said, little house on the prairie. And I said, God, how do I walk with my head held high and not feel shamed and embarrassed? And that was my question for God. I said, and I want to fight, and I'm angry. How do I keep it in? He said, first, this is what you do. I don't care where you go. You hold your head up high because, see, somewhere in the grand scheme of things, you know, it. The enemy twisted where the one that's doing right should feel bad and the one that's doing wrong should feel good. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> but that is a lie. I said, okay. <coughs> Had to drink my tea. So I said, okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to listen to this. I said, God, but this is not fair. See, I was looking for fairness. He said, this is not about fair. This is not even about you. I need you to grow in the spirit. <clears throat> he said, you want a closer walk with me? You're going to have to walk this out. I did not want to walk it out. I was so angry that I think you could have fried the egg on my head. I said, you know what? God, this day, I said, if I lay hands, we all getting locked up. That's where I was. <coughs> I got a tickle on my throat. Excuse me. But God continued to talk to me and minister to me. I said, you know, Lord, 
I see so many broken women. He said, but the girl that is doing this, she's broken too. And I don't discriminate against my children. She's my child, he's my child, and you're my child. I said, well, why do I have to be the one that do right? He said, because you're the one that's listening. So who is going to do the right thing? The one that's listening. If they are not listening, but you are, who am I going to talk to? I said, okay. It was one of the most challenging and difficult situations that I've ever been in. I was so hurt and I was embarrassed because when you dealing with a situation like this and the, and the people aren't, you know, it's, it's just sin, you know, and people aren't dealing with working with God, you know, and dealing with their things. And then I wasn't all the way healed from past stuff. So then you had my stuff in the mix. So you got three broken people, one halfway listening to God, two ain't listening to God. You have a mess. And all I knew was, that I didn't want my testimony ruined. I did not want it. I said, God, you brought me so far. You brought me from such a dark place. You, you, you thought, but I was mad at God because I said, God, here we are. You brought me from this. I wrote this book. I said, the book says glory to glory. We have victory at the end. We're together now. I said, so after all that, here we are. He said, here we are. But the difference is, what are you going to do about it? So I said, okay, God, I don't want to get divorced. He said, but okay, are you going to keep doing this? Do you want to keep going through this? Are you going to keep going through it? He said, I'm giving you an out. If you want to leave, leave. Now, I have to say that it doesn't always end bad for everybody. Some marriages come back and they're stronger than ever. And I love to see that. Because they go out and they help other marriages. They give hope to other people that are going through. But my testimony is just on the other side, that this time it didn't work out. However, I'm not saying stuck in the mud. I'm going to move forward. God is going to heal me, and I'm going to live my life. And I'm enjoying my life. I'm enjoying living where I'm living. I'm enjoying being single at the moment. I'm enjoying... Everything that God has for me. And when he feels fit to put another man in my life, then that's what I'll do that too. But, you know, at the time, in the time being, I have to be okay with being single. And I have have to be okay, excuse me, with allowing God to work on me. And I think that this season in my life is about me. I always say, God, you know, I worry about everybody else. But I want it to be about me. Well, this is my time. So now this is what I'm doing, and I want to help women. And I believe that, you know, that there is goodness in the world, that there are good marriages, that people repent and people are sorry, you know, and regardless of whether he's sorry or not, you know, I forgive him, you know, because at the end of the day, it's an enemy at work in him. It's not him, and I choose to believe that is greatness in him. That's what I choose to believe. I believe he has greatness in him, you know, but he's just in a fight right now. And, you know, I'm just not the woman for him. But I'm okay with it. It is well, you know. 
But we live, we move on, we grow, we mature, and hopefully we heal. But, you know, um, my my heart's passion is to help those women that are coming out of divorce because of adultery. You know, because you lose something. I tell you, you lose a that adultery thing is is something else. You you lose a lot with that. That's a big one. And I just want women to know that they can be okay and that, you know, you're still beautiful, you're still great, you know. It just happened, you know. It was a choice. And sometimes the choices are taken away from us. And, you know, but you still got life after that, you know. And I want you to heal and be whole and have the man that God would have for you because the man that God would have for you is not going to do that to you. He's not. Oh. Anika, it has been once again a joy having you back. You're you're just so real, and you keep it so so on point and honest. You don't hide it. You don't try to cover it up. It is what it is, and 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 yeah. I that's why you are growing and maturing and making better choices and and changing habits and life is is unfolding before you it is such a beautiful thing and and i'm i'm so uh, i guess honored just to have you on because it's so important not just for women but for all of us to know that the struggle is real and that it's mm. it's a cruel out there and you have to yes. be prepared for the struggle and and as you were talking i i actually and, and you know, we we use words. We think we know, and un, we think we know, or we do know what the word means. But when we truly get an understanding of what the word means, and it just it just came to me that to just Google struggle the definition, and it said it reads to proceed with difficulty or with great effort. Again, to proceed with difficulty or or with great effort. And I changed that thing around just now, you guys, and, and, and make it to say to proceed with great effort in spite of the difficulty because we will, right. always, we will always have it. And if you, think, if you think you're choosing to follow God and do what's right will make life easier for you, honey, please, as they used to say, because huh. in my it is just the opposite. The only difference it is, I won't say the only, or one of the major differences is you go through your struggle with peace, with assurance right. of who you serve. Right. And that he That's greater right. is in you than he that is in the world. That That is what is there to keep us up and going and moving forward. And as you said, you That's have to right. be good with your singleness. People, you have to be good with your whatever because whoever comes into your life is going to add to who you already are. That's, That's it. right. Absolutely. That's it. So, Anika, we got to bring you back on. I mean, even to to talk more about your the struggle is real, we're going to talk about the other one. I think we probably should revisit He Saw Me. So whenever I feel like <laughs> Whenever you're ready, let us know. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Rodney, but be sure that you give out, once again, how people can connect with you, contact you. She's an author. She's a speaker. You've heard what her 
purpose, her passion is. So if you have some type of women's event or a women's conference or you want to book her, contact her. She's been through it. She's going through it. But, hey, she has the peace. She understands the struggle, and she is going through it with great effort in spite of the difficulty. So, Anika, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, We'll be in touch with you. But I'm going to don't leave because I'm going to turn it over to Rodney, and then he'll lead you into uh, uh, doing what you need to do to get get the word back out and tell us how to purchase the book and and all of that, okay? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. You're welcome, Rodney. You. <laughs> um, this is uh, this has been, I'm gonna say, um, one of our one, one of our more enlightening shows, one one of our best shows, I think, um, simply because I feel like Anika, you gave out a lot of things that people needed to hear, and some of them may have been things that. People have heard before, but I think this ties into what Butterfly Evolution is all about, and that is the renewing of your mind. And I think a lot of the things that you said gave people a reason to renew their mind if they listen to the show, to consider going back to things that they may have known or going to a place that they've never been right? for whatever reason. And so um, you you are our first guest of 2018. Um, <laughs> you're our first official guest of 2018, and I think that this is a great kickoff um, for the guests to come in the future um, because you – definitely represented um, what we're all about. And so uh, we definitely want to thank you. And um, one more time, because uh, I saw that we had some people, some new people join, um, let everyone know how they can um, get the book, um, any upcoming events that you have going on, and just how to get in contact with you um, in general. Okay. <clears throat> sure thing. So first, thank you both for having me. And please forgive my cough and spell. My throat was so dry. But thank you so much. Um, uh, the one event that I have coming up is in September of this year. I'll be speaking at a women's conference um, for a group called Sisterhood Matters, and that's going to be in Philadelphia, at the International House, Um, and it's going to be a one-day event, um, you know, encouragement for women. We have multiple speakers. We have vendors lined up, Um, and then we're going to have an after-party, and that, of course, that part, men can come, is in the hotel. Um, We're trying to do, actually, the penthouse, so, you know, we have a nice time. Um, Again, my name is Anika Ennett, and you spell my name A-N-I-K-A. My last name is E-N-N-E-T-T. Always tell people like Bennett without the B. Um, <laughs> my, uh, you know, people always say Annette, you know, different things, but it's just like Bennett without the B. Um, I could be found on Facebook, same name, 
on my author's page is actually author Anika Innit. On Twitter, I'm writing the number two, restore. And my email address is the same. It's writing to restore at gmail.com. That's W R I T I N G, the number two, R E S T O R E, at gmail.com. So I hope to hear from you, and I'm working on my fourth book, and I think um, this one is going to be great. Um, we're going to talk about how the game has changed, and it's going to be just that simply. The game has changed. And, um, again, kind of equipping women with tools that they need, you know, to have a more healthy relationship, um, hopefully to learn from not doing the same negative things that I did (laughs) and to bypass that. And also, you know, we want to catch our young girls. So, you know, I hope that, you know, people that have teen girls, you know, pick up the book because it's like a journaling exercise in the book as well. And it allows them to write out their own thoughts and their own processes. So, you know, I hope to hear from somebody soon. And, again, thank you for having me. Well, we are glad that we were able to get you back on. And um, Tamari is giving you a thumbs up over there. (laughs) She said, great job. Um, Thank you. And I'm going to tell you something about Tammy that you probably don't know. Tammy Uh-oh. don't invite everybody back. <laughs> really? <laughs> I feel sad. No, I'm just messing. <laughs> no, I'm just messing. Don't but, take that from but, me, right? But, but Tammy, t- Tammy uh, if Tammy invites you back and if Tammy wants you back, you know you have done a phenomenal job. You you you've exceeded the bar. Like you you've cleared the bar. And so um, I just want to say great job to you. I've personally enjoyed um, tonight's show. Um, I know Tamaria has because she, you know, uh, has been making noises the whole time. Um, <laughs> no, Rodney, she uh, is still awake. Yeah. <laughs> And so Tamaria really is awake, and then, yes, <laughs> yes, Tamaria, is still awake. Um, um, and that's not an e- Anika. That's not an easy thing for Tamaria to do. Um, at at, oh, at wow. ten fifty eight, at ten fifty eight p.m. on uh, on the East Coast, it, it's not an easy thing. I'm to right do. with her too. Me too. I'm I'm there right with y'all. I said, oh, <laughs> how am I gonna make it to eleven? But you know what? We did it. <laughs> But we did it. We did it. And so thank you again um, and to Anika, to all of our listeners, thank you guys for being supportive. Um, thank you guys for, for, for joining in tonight, even if you didn't say anything, even if you didn't ask a question. Um, we really appreciate your support. Thank you for supporting the Butterfly Evolution Show. Thank you for supporting Anika. Please, please, please do what I'm going to do, and that is go out and purchase the book. Um, that that that's one of my latest hashtags. Uh, support support our own. Um, so please go out and, and and purchase the book. Whether you get the ebook, whether you get the hard copy, please, please, please get the book and read it, and then encourage somebody else to do the same. Until next Monday, please have a blessed week. Be safe. Stay warm. 
and good night, everybody. Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.